Happy Prime Day, everybody. At the time that this episode is going up, it is October 12th, and we are at part two of Amazon Prime Day for 2022. And as a special Prime Day deal, my Amazon Music trial link is not only just going to be for 30 days, it can be up to four months for Amazon Prime members or for non-members. You can get a three-month trial just by going to getamazonmusic.com slash Jose Can You See. Over 70 million of your favorite songs, episodes of podcasts like this one that you're listening to across all your devices, phones, tablets, speakers, smart TVs, personal assistants, whatever you are listening to music and podcasts on, Amazon Music can get you connected, and especially for these extended trials as a part of Amazon Prime Day. Head on over to getamazonmusic.com slash J-O-S-E-C-A-N-U-C and sign up for your trial today. And if it's after Prime Day, don't fret. You're still guaranteed at least a 30-day trial to get you listening and streaming whenever you are ready. Thank you so much to Amazon Music for partnering with us for today's episode. All right, guys, we have a follow-up here on Content With Creation. Jose Gonzalez here with new hair from uh, my charity fundraiser that uh, this person also contributed to, which I'm grateful for. But yeah, we're embracing the blonde. We are embracing Bound for Glory weekend in Albany, New York. And who better to celebrate that with than someone who, well, one, brought me here. But two, also, someone that just also enjoys being here and present and screaming hardcore country at every show that we go to. The one and only Ella J., What's up, Jose? Yeah, I lost my voice last night too, <laughs> cheering for hardcore country and for Maria Canellas. And for me again, because yeah. we didn't we had two friends in that fight. We, we couldn't did. we can't choose between our favorites. What can we say? But Walden, thank you for having me here this weekend. I've, it's already been a great night. Bound for Glory was excellent. Uh, if you haven't seen it, find it on Fight TV. Catch the replay. I highly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, it has been a crazy couple months for you, huh? Yeah, it's only been a month and a half since we last spoke, and a lot's happened. So for the record, uh, when we did Ella's episode, we recorded that episode first. So that was technically the first recorded episode of Contentment Creation, even though it didn't air that way. And it's also kind of funny that like we went from like trying to manifest like what's going to come next. There's a lot of uncertainty. And look at what you're going to be doing starting on Thursday as we're recording this. Yeah, um, wrestling media. We were talking about this. I've been literally manifesting this for like two years now that I've said when everybody asks, like, what's what's your goal? I was like, my main goal is just to make wrestling media full time because as a lot of people have, they have shoot jobs, as we call them, or day jobs, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call them. But wrestling media, yeah, starting this upcoming Thursday at the time of recording this is going to be my full time gig. Granted, there's a lot of gigs combined and to make it more than full time, but I'm excited. No, I'm excited too. Cause I mean, like when you found out that you were going to one, have the opportunity to go full time, like very soon after we had your episode <laughs> go up, like, can you kind of go into the process of like the journey of be getting into full-time media coverage? Yeah. So we recorded what, like the 20, 20 something of August. And then it was like maybe a week and a half later, a week later after we recorded, I just like, I've been scrolling like in It had to be like right around uh, Labor Day. If that. <clears throat> yeah. It was about a week before that. It was late August. 
um, where I was just like scrolling indeed, you know, trying to like maybe find something that's a little bit different from my current retail job. Um, and, and then I typed in wrestling and then a wrestling news writing position popped up. I was like, okay. And then I was just like, I need to revamp my resume and CV and send in some, um, what are they called? Examples of my writing. And so I did that, submitted it, heard back literally like a couple days later. And they were like, actually, I was actually the recruiting recruiter was just actually like, actually, I was just looking at your stuff to try to reach out to you. And then I saw that you applied. I was like, this is meant to be. Um, and so that's going to be like my main thing going forward, at least my main income. Um, it's going to be with, I haven't announced this yet. I'm going to be a, a news writer for Wrestling Inc. coming up, doing a lot of things, also expanding my writing with WrestleZone, doing more stuff with SE Scoop, still doing Capital Championship Wrestling, my own podcast. Um, we got a lot going on. <laughs> I mean, I would just like to remind everyone that there are only 24 hours in a day. <laughs> and this woman is booked for 36 of them. Yeah, so. we got Women's Wrestling Talk, too, as well. The Gawcast. Yeah, and Gawcast. That doesn't even include all the interviews I'm going to be doing, too, across all those platforms, too. <laughs> yeah, like, where do you squeeze in a wrestling gal with all of this? I mean, to be honest, I was behind. I had like 10, I had like 12 episodes that were recorded back in May that literally I just got through last week. So that's been kind of a once a week kind of deal because I've been focusing more on my like, you know, paid gigs and stuff as I'm trying to make this full time my freelance work. But I do have some uh, wrestling gal episodes coming out. I don't know when this is going to come out, but I'm going to have Kingsley on for the fourth time per tradition. She was episode six, then 66 then 166. And we got her on for 266. I love catching up with her. I got to see her in Dallas. Hopefully get to see her in L.A. next year. Um, we got a couple fun guests coming up for a wrestling gal. Yeah, and I will say, like, the interesting thing about the whole process of you getting through, uh, going through the uh, the audition. I wouldn't say audition, just, like, the trial process with Wrestling Inc. was just you were adapting to a new style of writing that you hadn't done before. So learning, like, what is uh, going to be acceptable there, what was honestly kind of like a media standard with AP style, but yeah, like expanding your uh, writing curriculum that way. But I feel like the thing that got me the most was just, you were very in your head when I felt like you had no reason to be. <laughs> it was so different because I, now I'm going to be writing for three different sites and they all have different like formats or different, um, like what are they called? CMS systems and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's like all different. And so it's keeping in mind what, what format and structure goes where, I mean, it's all easy to me, like wrestling, like I know my stuff for the most part. And if not, the internet is a good source for research, but yeah, I was just in my head. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to get this. And then I was going to be so devastated. But then I got the email when I was at work, we'd like to offer you the job. And I was like, Jose, <laughs> Well, I think the thing that got me was like, I think I caught you a couple times just like yeah. tweet and delete, just like down yeah. in the dumps. I'm just yeah. like, stop looking at it. Yeah. You're, you know what you're capable of. Like, you're going to get this. Like, it was a long waiting process of having the trial shift and then waiting a whole week to like get an answer. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get this. <laughs> and then I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah. No, I think like the worst part is just like this doing over it, like thinking of all the things you could do differently, but mm -hmm. like. If you were meant to do something, it's going to happen. So, like, I think the power of manifestation does kind of play 
a factor into yeah. everything that happened. Now, granted, I still, at the time of recording this, finishing up at my shoot job this week and then officially starting wrestling media full-time later later this week. It's it's still, like, surreal. Like, it, does, it hasn't even hit me yet. I think because we're also still in Albany right now. So it hasn't even hit me yet, to be honest. Yeah, we're recording this before uh, day two here for Impact Wrestling. So we're going to be going back a little bit later this afternoon. Going to catch some of the fallout from Bound for Glory, work on some other stuff as well. So... Definitely a very busy, but also a very fun weekend. And then obviously for those that can't tell where this conversation's already going, that's a little bit different for con content, content with content with creation. I swear to God, I know how to pronounce my own show. It's spelled the same way. It's just not pronounced the same way. <laughs> so, I mean, with us being here on the road for wrestling, we're talking with one of my very good friends who happens to work in wrestling. This might be the rare occasion where we have a very wrestling-centric episode and not so much about, like, just standard, like, content creation and media. So if it being Bound for Glory weekend and us being very uh, close with some of the knockouts, we figured, why not go through our own, like, personal top 10 knockouts world champions in no particular order? So, I mean, the Knockouts World Championship, for those who don't know, is their Women's World Championship established in 2007 at Bound for Glory by now Hall of Famer and seven-time uh, world champion Gail Kim. So, it would be interesting. I mean, how long have you really been uh, keeping up with Impact, Ella? So, I first started watching Impact. Um, it was, ironically, it was the Knockouts only show, um, the not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve 2009. New Year's so, Eve, wow. Yeah, so that was the first time I ever saw Impact Wrestling. It was on Spike, TNA, I should say. It was on Spike TV. It was New Year's Eve. I was just kind of scrolling my TV in my bedroom. And then I knew, w I was watching WWE at that point, but then I saw this other wrestling thing. I'm like, what is this? So, like, Madison was on there, ODB, beautiful people. Were you thrown off by the six-sided brain? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I was like, what is this? And then they were like, yeah, we air, I think... I think it was every Tuesday, or I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday at 8 o'clock on Spike. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to tune in. And then literally the first episode of Impact that I actually watched was Jeff Hardy coming back in 2010. I was like, this is perfect timing. Mickey came back later that year. Yeah. So um, I was on Imp the Impact train, ugh, ironically, till Mickey got run over by that train. Um, and then, you know, I've come back in the last couple of years. You know, people kind of go in and out yeah. of wrestling. That was kind of at least me with TNA at the time. I kind of fell out a little bit after Mickey got run over by that train from James Storm. <laughs> to be honest. And yeah. then we've come back around the last couple of years. Yeah, I will <laughs> say looking at the product now compared to like that one period, I would say like maybe between like 2012 and like 2017, like it is a very different company now. And I feel like there's been a resurgence. There's been a revitalization. It just feels renewed. And the product has been probably my favorite consistent wrestling product across all the national brands right now. Yeah, they've been killing it. Yeah, like I am so stoked that we got to go last night. We saw a fantastic Knockouts World title match between Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich. Still speechless. I was full on convinced that Masha Slamovich was walking out of there as a Knockouts champ. She hadn't been pinned and since she hadn't lost since Deanna last year at Knockouts Knockdown. I was like, there's no way that Masha's losing here. I was literally full on convinced. You should have seen me after that. It was a great match by both Jordan and Masha, but I was just literally speechless for like 20 minutes. Yeah, so. I will say two things that stood out to me which is Jordan Grace wrestled yeah. a match that she has not wrestled that I can recall yeah. 
and was pulling out all the stops. I mean, like she was doing jackhammer. She mm-hmm. was doing a damn second rope grace driver. Like mm-hmm. she was pulling out all the stops because someone like Amasha Slamovich does need you to like dig even deeper yeah. into the repertoire. And also of note was, I, I don't want to say that the show was unpredictable, but uh, for our friend uh, Kimmy... <laughs> uh, Kimmy Rollins. Shout out, shout out to Kim- Kimmy Sokol, uh, aka Kimmy Rollins. Um, she had the distinct pleasure of incorrectly predicting <laughs> the, the fr- entire card aside from the main event. Yeah, she was 0 7 for the first ones. It, it just became a rolling theme. And then we went, when we got into the main event, she had Josh Alexander winning. I was like, Kimmy, if Josh gets screwed two years in a row at Bound for Glory. <laughs> This is not going to be good. <laughs> oh, and they teased it. So <laughs> they did. They uh, bully Ray. Well, I mean, honor, honor no more came and beat down kind of mid match. The ref took a bump. I thought, oh gosh, Josh, Josh is getting screwed over, but but he didn't. Yeah. So I mean, kind of to go, circle back to what we're going to be doing is. So what I kind of want to do is, do you want to go like back and forth for the top ten or yeah. okay. And then we could also think of like maybe our favorite memory of them as champion as well, if you have one too. So oh, you're bringing me back. I mean, let's take that trip down memory lane. Obviously, this list is going to be in no particular order. We did kind of allude to the history of uh, the Knockouts World Title, so I mean, it would kind of make sense. I think we have to start. I know I personally do start with Gail Kim. Yeah, seven-time Knockouts champion. I mean, she was also voted the number one knockout of all time by Impact last year. I mean, she was also a double champion holding Mm -hmm. the world tag title at the same time with Madison Rain, Mm -hmm. had multiple runs in the company, retired as Knockouts world champion at Bound for Glory in 2016. (laughs) I mean, she really was the needle mover when it came to getting that division together and seeing how far it's come over the last 15 years. Obviously, there were other women from that era that didn't get a chance to become Knockouts World Champion, but you think about the women like Christy Hemme, Tracy Brooks, Roxy Laveau, Jacqueline. Sarita. Uh, Sarita. I mean, like, there were so many women around that time. Jackie Gato, another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Like, there are just so many women at that point that didn't get a chance to really have something to contend for and seeing how hungry and how much they wanted it. It really showed like, hey, we have something special here. Let's make this division something that's going to be a draw for us. And at that time, they were the biggest alternative as far as women's wrestling and mainstream wrestling. And there was a lot of attention on the knockouts. There was. And I mean, I feel like we also got a name kind of her her first rival, Awesome Kong. Absolutely. So, I mean, they had an iconic rivalry in like 2007, 2008 to really, I feel like, really fuel up the knockouts division. Obviously, Kong is now a Impact Hall of Famer. As is Last year is retired. They had some great bouts. Kong was also one of the first people that I saw as a knockout. So it kind of just brings me back. Also held the knockouts world tag titles Mm -hmm. with Hamada. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you think about... Just the presence of Awesome Kong, especially. Just, like, there was no one at that time that looked like her on any product. Just so powerful, so poised. Just, there's a mystique about Awesome Kong that it's so hard to replicate. I don't think you really can. I don't think you can. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, we're not trying to go in chronological order, but this works out for my <laughs> oh, list. So, oh, I mean... My, my next one was... We're jumping ahead, but we'll see. All right. So, uh, my next one... Returned last night at Bound for Glory. She did. I knew the second, like, there was, like, the tiniest bit of noise. I'm just like, oh, yes. I flipped out. I mean, 
Thinking about the $25,000 challenge they had back in 2008 to see who can take out Awesome Kong. Mm -hmm. The one and only Taylor Wilde. You literally were manifesting it. Like you said it like earlier in the evening before that match even happened. We were talking about who's going to be the TBDs and the Collier shot. And, and Jose's literally like Taylor Wilde. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was also my first time getting to see her wrestle live too. Like just a phenomenal so wrestler. Same. I'm so glad she came out of retirement. I'm glad she's back in the States. I'm glad she's back in Impact again. Uh, also, one half of the first Knockouts World Tag Champions was Sarita, the first woman to compete in a Monsters Ball match mm -hmm. with Daphne. Just an incredibly gifted wrestler. I just, she's, Taylor Wilde is a wrestler's wrestler, and I feel like having her back in the swing of things is going to be a treat for anyone who's going to be watching Impact. And she's from Toronto, which isn't too far from us, so we stand. Yes. <laughs> I got to kind of jump ahead talking about, I mean, people who wrestled last night. I got to talk about the longest reigning knockouts champion, Taya Valkyrie. Absolutely. I feel like now, obviously, she's had, she's back now. Well, she's back on like a per appearance basis. She's literally everywhere, but she is now again a knockouts tag team champion last night. Her and Jessica won with the Death Dolls. Obviously, Rosemary is also part of that faction. I feel like it's a kind of new new era for them obviously jessica has been kind of rebranded and now taya is, is knockouts tag team champion but she had an amazing run as knockouts champion the longest reigning she had a lot of bangers in that run so i mean i'm excited to see where she goes from here too absolutely and you also think about the stuff that she did upon coming back mm -hmm. to impact wrestling this year at multiverse of matches mm -hmm. which we were there for in person that was such a great surprise mm -hmm. and also seeing her win the triple a reina de reina's title on impact television again as well too a four-time Reina Arena's champion, the current and first ever MLW Women's Featherweight champion. Like, she is everywhere <laughs> holding she is the, everything. She's the first ever XPW Women's champion. She was also, for a couple days, the World Series Wrestling Women's champion in Australia. So she's held like five or six championships this year. It's crazy. I mean, she's really living up to the name of Rucha Loyalty. So. Yeah. I mean, Taya Valkyrie was also on my list too, but I could always think of like another mm -hmm. great uh, knockouts world title or champion around that time as well. You think about another very long reigning uh, knockouts world champion, a two-time knockouts world champion. A can recent, I can I say it? I love a recent world tag nickname. team champion. I love saying the virtuosa Diana yeah. Perrazzo. I just love saying that. I mean, you talk about someone that <laughs> really like did a complete 180 with the trajectory of their mm -hmm. career, putting it back in her own hands when she debuted an impact in. 2020 and really was just she grabbed the division by storm like she had two magnificent well the first reign was albeit a little bit shorter just because of like the random loss to sue young no mm -hmm. offense to sue young just kind of didn't seem like that was the route they were going at the time we might have thought it could have been kylie ray but yeah. things happened but just the first woman to compete in an Ironman match in Impact Wrestling, the first women's Texas death match, the first women's main event of a traditional Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, just the ch multiple times as champ champ with multiple championships, the Reina de Reina's championship, the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. I mean, just when you think about like technical wrestlers, you think of a Deanna Perrazzo. I, I love that woman so much. I like she's one too, like you said, who's had like really like an inspirational story about leaving WWE NXT after 
many efforts of pushing herself and doing that, putting so much effort, time and effort. She would literally pay for segments to pitch herself and she would pay out of pocket for herself. But she now took that to impact wrestling and believed in herself and really knew her worth and rightfully was crowned knockouts champion. She had great bouts with Jordan, obviously with Mickey against Masha knockouts, knocked on. Obviously she went to AEW. She's also been in like every company too much like Taya. So like, I mean, she's been amazing. Obviously they lost the knockouts tag team championships last night, but I mean, I will also say it's just like getting to talk to Deanna like Mm -hmm. earlier in her career, back when she was Mm -hmm. still in woman of honor before the Mae Young classics, Mm -hmm. just like seeing how far she's come like from those days. And even then, like she was, busting her ass like mm-hmm. matches like winning the super eight tournament mm-hmm. like having those like stellar matches with sumi sakai mm-hmm. like we were just talking about this the other mm-hmm. week on twitter just like sumi taking a dive to the outside and she catches her in a fujiwara armbar mm-hmm. on the floor it's just like you wouldn't think of half of the things that diana does in a match but it's just like and it's not even just the technical side of things like she can also do some lucha stuff too mm-hmm. like we've seen her do dives moonsaults like she is Another one I would say is a wrestler's wrestler. She is. I love her. But I mean, we're talking about, I mean, we got to talk about, I mean, Texas Deathmatch. Mickey James, who was the knockouts champion at the time, a four-time knockouts champion. Obviously, some of her reigns were a little bit shorter than others. But I mean, uh, granted, she is now a 10-time women's champion overall between the two major companies, WWE and Impact Wrestling. Um, she's back now on her last rodeo. She's had some memorable, bout, memorable bouts, obviously. I mean, she got pinned by Winter. Um, she's... Competed against the greats really in two eras, much like kind of like who's who's back right now. Like Madison Rain was yeah. back for a bit. Taylor's back now. She's mm-hmm. kind of back from like that a little bit just after the OG era, and now she's back now, obviously with the new talent. And so it's kind of cool to see like a her a decade ago versus now, and she's still going strong. No, and then you think about like the stuff that she was doing in both of those runs. I mean, at the time when she first won the Knockouts title, she was the first woman at the time to hold the WWE Women's title, the Divas title, and then the Knockouts mm-hmm. title, which were the only real world championships mm-hmm. at that time. So seeing that come full circle, the main event, steel cage match on Impact with Tara. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the street fight with ODB. You have uh, the gauntlet matches, the Texas death matches. Like, I don't want to think about a wrestling world without Mickey James. I refuse to. Just. You going to try and make me cry? No, I'm just saying, like, if there's, like, someone that we're going to call a true goat, it's going to be Mickey James. Yeah. I think I think today's gonna be the last day we ever get to see her wrestle live, but we'll see what happens. You never know, yeah. never say never in wrestling. I never thought she'd be in the Royal Rumble this year, so who knows? Who's to say? In the Royal Rumble as the knockout mm-hmm. world champion, mm-hmm. entered with the championship, mm-hmm. entered with hardcore country, mm-hmm. like regardless of anything else that could potentially happen. That's probably going to be one of the biggest moments in mm-hmm. pro wrestling, and especially yeah. on the women's side of things, yeah. for a very long time. Yeah, Never see never. The forbidden door is open. Who knows? Yeah. And I mean, like, I did kind of allude to it previously, but I mean, you also think about her counterpart across many promotions and just she also was referee crowning this woman winning the title for a fourth time. We got to talk about Tara. Mm, I know. I mean, just a five-time knockouts champion. Uh, you think about the things that she did when she entered TNA in 2009. Like, obviously, like, feuding against the beautiful people, against ODB, her six sides of steel match with Awesome Kong. Like, the feud that she had with Mickey, Falls Count Anywhere, Steel Cage. Just 
so criminally underrated, but so damn good. I mean, also winning the tag titles with Brooke Tuxmacher, just we do not give Tara, Victoria, Lisa Marie, whatever you want to call her, we need to give her her flowers. My first memory of her was her on the motorcycle and the, like had this mass motorcycle and all the all black with Madison. That was my first memory of her. Um, and obviously she went on to become knockouts champion and all of that. She, I mean, they had the, the cage match with Mickey too, where Mickey came off the top with the Fez press, which Lisa wrestled injured by the way. Tore ligament in her elbow. Yes. Yeah. They were talking about that on God TV, which I never knew and could never tell. So check that out. God TV every Wednesday at 5 PM Eastern on YouTube. Shameless plug right there. You'll find her in the chat, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Will. But yeah, no, Tara, Lisa, Victoria. I mean, I love her. She's great. And obviously my personal favorite of all time. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember first seeing her back in 2005 watching WWE for the first time and seeing the Widow's Peak. And she's like, oh, oh, no, this <clears throat> is cool. Like, I can get down to this. So just like you think about like some of that might not have been like reached their full potential in regards to like the way they were showcased. But Damn it, whenever she did have the spotlight on her, she shined. Yeah. And she made sure everyone else around her also got mm -hmm. to shine. She did. And I mean, I mentioned, like I said, my first memory of her was with Madison. Madison Rain also, like, was there really since the beginning and is, I think, has had the most matches of any knockouts in Impact history, I believe. I think it was 400 and something, I want to say. Close to 500, I want to say. Madison Rain, also the Queen Bee. I mean, she had the stuff with the beautiful people, then transitioning to kind of Tara. Obviously, she was tag team champions with Gail. A record three-time yeah. Knockouts World Tag Champion, all yeah. with different partners yeah. with us. Um, obviously, she had the rebranding as the influence with Tennille Dashwood most recently. Now she's in AEW, but Madison Rain is, a, 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 much like Gail, I would say a staple of the knockouts absolutely i mean you think about some of the stuff that she got to do of her career like the uh great steel cage match with gail kim the mm -hmm. first ever last knockout standing match mm -hmm. with mickey james just really like the second she broke out of the beautiful people or even when she took over becoming the leader of the beautiful people mm -hmm. she really found her footing and cemented herself as like a staple of the division even when she came back after having a child probably in the best shape of her life and continuing that awesome run that she had to multiple times over even taking a detour in ring of honor and then coming back to mm -hmm. still hold more gold and impact like her and Gail are tied for like the most championships held by knockouts at eight commutatively. Yeah. So, I mean, without a doubt, probably a future Hall of Famer. I would, I would hope so. I mean, I would hope so too. So, I mean, we also, I mean, kind of on the topic of beautiful people, we have to think about a six time uh, knockouts mm -hmm. champion. Second of all time. Yes. I mean, uh, you got to think about Angelina Love. I mean, Angelina Love for the longest i want to say like 2008 to like 2011 just like really was like the head bitch of the knockouts division especially once gail went back to wwe mm -hmm. like she was the perfect like antithesis of whoever is being thrown her way and just obviously having velvet and madison around her and just eventually lighting with winter just like a very dependable and versatile competitor especially throughout all her different runs also competing in like a mixed tag monsters ball with her then husband uh, david richards against mm -hmm. alicia and eddie edwards just last knockout standing with gail kim uh, the extreme makeover gauntlet match <laughs> yeah. where she won and shaved roxy laveau's head yeah I mean, just so many great memories. I mean, the obviously the uh, 
the infamous contract signing against Awesome Kong. <laughs> uh, stumbled across my Facebook page the other day, and it's just like, God, I forgot how like much we hated Angelina Love, but damn, she was good. Yeah, she was part of. I mean, I remember her. I'm pretty sure she was on that Knockouts like knockouts only show that i saw too like the beautiful people was really like the first like people that i remember in impact wrestling tna at the time and like she has also been one who's kind of been through all eras i mean she's gotten in and out her and velvet have teamed together beautiful people then they were enemies she's had obviously bouts like you said with like tara like a gail like basically everybody angelina was there for a while now obviously now she's in nwa velvet's also there so i don't know if maybe we'll get a beautiful people reunion but we'll see um obviously lacey von eric was is very um what's the word very inclusive in that as well very productive towards that so angelina love though i mean second of all time in reigns gotta acknowledge her yeah i mean you think about like notable women's stables in wrestling history like especially from what i would say is like the modern era of women's wrestling like the beautiful people is probably at the top of the list mm -hmm. so now to, for the last one i have two which i can't I want to say between Taryn Terrell and Jordan Grace. Those are both great choices. I mean, we could talk about both of them. I have no issue talking I mean, about both of them. Granted, like I said, I kind of like after Mickey got ran over by that train until maybe like three, 2019. But I, I was aware, though, that Taryn Terrell and Dollhouse were basically running the knockouts division for a long, long time. And she was really, I feel like, the face. Besides, like, a Gil Kim at the time. Um, obviously, Jade Mia Yim was there. Marty Bell was there. Maria Canales was there at the time. Chelsea, oh, we will talk about Mia Yim momentarily, so don't worry. Yeah, Chelsea Laurel Van Ness was there. I just remember that Taryn Terrell was basically ruling that knockouts division there and at the top of her game. But also, Jordan Grace, though, has been... Jordan Grace has been here for like four years now a triple crown yeah. champion the first ever yeah. knockouts triple crown champion the first ever digital media champion mm -hmm. and this is all in like the course of maybe a year and a half yeah like what the look, wait no literally from last bound for glory or no slightly before last bound for glory because her and rachel ellering were tag yeah. team champions yeah. managed by so jazz the last two years it is crazy yeah. the things that Jordan's been doing. And then obviously kind of circling back to Taryn. I mean, that her series of matches with Gail Kim, mm -hmm. instrumental for mm -hmm. the knockouts division. I mean, like even when they were listing some of the greatest impact matches of all time, that last knockout standing match, yeah. rightfully so, is on mm -hmm. there. Their ladder match, a great one. Uh, the singles match they had for the knockouts championship in New York City. I remember like... Gail doing this neckbreaker on top of the steel steps, and it was insane. Just like her, Taryn is criminally underrated mm -hmm. in regards to her contributions to the business, and I feel like it's a matter of time before she gets her flowers as well. Mm -hmm. And obviously, just Jordan having this mega presence. Just like I don't know, like how to describe Jordan Grace other than just she will pick you up and drop you on mm -hmm. your neck and it doesn't matter how big you are it doesn't matter your gender your size your experience level like she, for lack of a better term she will fuck you up yeah i mean we saw that last night she gave masha everything she had and it took forever to put masha away but jordan Granted, might I say match of the night, honestly, besides besides maybe Frankie Kazarian and, and Mike Bailey, I would say match of the night. I mean, definitely, I would say the biggest surprise outcome of the yeah. night to oh, just yeah. like talk about a way to say like, nah, I'm I'm still here and I'm going to be here for a while. Mm -hmm. So y'all can deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kudos to you, Jordan Grace. Uh, the leaves are falling. The temperature is dropping. The wind's starting to blow. Football's back on the screen. 
And more importantly, pumpkin spice coffee is in my cup. Now, you may be asking what coffee shop I'm going to to get that. And I'm here to tell you that I don't have to. I get mine from Grinding Coffee Company, an LGBTQ plus owned company based out of Georgia that ships online nationwide throughout the United States. They house many different blends and flavors, whole beans, grounds, and even espresso for whatever your coffee needs are. Head on over to grindingcoffee.co and you could use code Jose for 10% off grinding coffee whenever you want to. Let them know I sent you and I'm so grateful for Grinding Coffee for partnering with me for the last few years and especially for today's episode. Thank you. And then we did kind of allude to it with the dollhouse talk. I mean, Jade, Mia Yim, obviously not just because she's my friend, but just a phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. Like getting to see her like really establish herself once the dollhouse broke out, like seeing the things that she got to do once she won the knockouts title in that three-way with Madison and Gail, her feud with Rosemary, the infamous red versus blue, the monster's ball match, last knockout standing match, the steel cage match, just all the different things like her being in the queen of the mountain match, which Jordan won obviously mm-hmm. this year, the first ever, just like Mia Yim is so versatile when it comes to like the way that she can work. Like she's done the aerial stuff. She's done the brawler stuff. She's done hardcore. And it's just like still so captivating and finds a way to just freshen herself up. Like obviously we've seen her like transform from like being like even before the HBIC and like the cyberpunk ass like things she has going on now, but just like really just so, so, so good and i feel like it's a matter of time before she's going to be a champion again i feel it so this 10 has turned into 12 but rightfully so yeah well i think there's also some overlap between the choices we had so i don't think we had like a written list of our 10 i mean anyone else you could think of as like an honorable mention that we didn't get to uh talk about i mean if you really want to like they were tied for number five knockouts of all time would be Velvet Sky. I feel like the beautiful people as a unit were mm-hmm. definitely undeniable too as well. Um, I'm trying to think right now. I mean, also I mean Rose, had, Rosemary. Rosemary's another one. Velvet had such a big baby face yeah. run in 2011. Yeah. Seeing her finally win the knockouts yeah. title like twice, obviously, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rosemary's another. You think about the red versus blue, like the things mm-hmm. that she's done now, like reforming Decay, like mm-hmm. winning the tag titles this last year. Mm-hmm. just. Gosh, like her stuff with Allie. Allie was another underrated mm-hmm. one. Sue Young got, we could, mm-hmm. so long story Sue short, Young. we like a lot of the yeah. knockouts world champions. We do. And then I know even like for myself, like I had a list of women that I wish held the title that mm-hmm. didn't. Obviously like women like a Tracy Brooks, like a Roxy Laveau, women like a Jazz, like women like a China. Like mm-hmm. there's been so when many. China almost came to TNA. I mean, she was there for a cup yeah. of coffee, but damn it, yeah. she could have had it. So, I mean, Gosh, there's been so much that's happened in Impact, especially with their women over the last 15 years. They should be proud of themselves for like keeping the knockouts division afloat, one, and also just reinvigorating it, especially I feel like from 2018 on, it's like this is probably one of the best divisions they've had since launch. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, do you have any predictions of what you think might be to come in the next... Well, honestly, like this match last night at Bound for Glory threw me off. I really thought Masha Slamovich was walking away with that knockouts championship, but obviously not. Jordan Grace reigns on. Who's next for Jordan at this point? Would it, would it be the woman 
who said that she's aiming for the knockouts championship? I don't think so yet. I don't think, I think eventually we'll get Mickey and Jordan, maybe after Mickey gets through a couple of other competitors. But I don't know what's next for Jordan Grace. Does Masha, Vi, like, I want another shot? I don't know. But I, I don't doubt that in the future we're going to get more firsts for the women. Obviously, we have the first ever Queen of the Mountain. We had Knockouts Knockdown return last year. Um, we had a, with the first a ever woman Ultimate in, X. A woman in a triple uh, threat revolver match. Like. Yeah. Jordan Grace said recently in an interview that she wants to see the return of the Elevation X match. So that would be something maybe for the Knockouts to try. But I'm just excited to see like what first they have next and who else they sign. They, I mean, Giselle Shaw's in there now. Mm. Alicia's been a staple for a while. So Killer Kelly. Killer Kelly. Killer uh, Kelly. Maybe, honestly, Killer Kelly might Savannah be next for Evans. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Tasha Steeles could have another yeah. crack at it as well. Yeah. I mean, God, there's it's so many amazing... Okay, uh, free agents you would like to see in Impact Wrestling. Because um, I can think of a handful already. The lady we just saw on the Monsters Ball match, Miss Allie Ketch. I would. I was so happy. I got to see that match between Allie and Masha a couple weeks before. Granted, it wasn't a Monsters Ball match, but seeing Allie on television, I was so happy for her. I mean, another woman that we saw recently on television as a stop on the last rodeo. The Renaissance woman, Hyon. Oh, I was so happy to see Hyon in there. In wrestling, Mickey, I was like, favorites. Hyon is one who I'm shocked has not been signed. She is, like, well-traveled, and she's held multiple... She has, like, four championships right now, to be honest with you. She's had a bunch. She keeps climbing her way up the ranks over the last couple of years. She's also one, yeah. Any more free agents? Because I can think of a few more that I think would be very interesting additions to Impact Wrestling. To Impact Wrestling... Um, you know what? She, just because she's the first one I thought of, um, Billy Starks. I mean, Billie I Starks feel like one that I thought of. I feel well. like wherever that girl goes, and what's scary is this girl isn't even in her prime yet. That's just that's the scary part. Um, she's absolutely fantastic. Erica Lee, I'm also thinking of right now. She's very hard hitting. She um, she also made history in becoming, I think it was for the ECWA, becoming the first ever like heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. She defeated. She was the first woman in history to hold that. She's won. Um, there's a lot right now that I think of. Viva Van, I think, should be one. She's one who's underrated because I feel like the West Coast scene doesn't get enough recognition. But Viva Van has like six championships right now, or at least over the last year, and she's really been the face of the West Coast, I would which is crazy to see because the West Coast, like especially like North and like SoCal, like there's yeah. so much that they I have feel going like they're underrated there. though. I feel like mainly it's like the East Coast or the Midwest or Texas that people think of for wrestling, not like the West, not like California, Washington. But Viva Van has wildly been taking over that division. And then I will say one that thought came to my mind. I mean, I remember seeing her on Ring the Bell and everything too, but just like really trying to prove herself, especially in OVW. Shalance Royale yeah. would be great in Impact Wrestling, especially. Just just like her presence, obviously being operatically trained, I feel like that would really get over well as a character. And someone I think that could add a lot of spunk and unpredictability into an impact wrestling ring would be Danny Moe. Oh, Danny, yeah. I just saw Danny a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, another fantastic competitor. I feel like her and like even if Facade came over to impact as well, oh, too. The neon blondes, we need them. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I mean. I didn't think we were going to have that much to say about the knockouts. <laughs> it's the knockouts. The women's wrestling is my thing. Yeah. I mean, 
anything else that you can think of just to kind of put a book on into everything impact wrestling that we've been talking about? Um, just kind of relevant to my girl. Like, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't know anything, but I truly believe that Masha Slamovich should be the final boss in this last chapter. What would you call it? Though I don't know what you would call it to, to like make it a pun. But I think Masha Slamovich is going to be the final boss in this last rodeo for Mickey. Again, I could be completely wrong, but... I don't know. The plans might have changed because I thought for sure she was winning last night. Maybe we'll get to it eventually. But I feel like if there's anybody that Mickey would go over, put out, put over on her way out, it would be Masha. I mean, only time will tell. Who knows? Maybe even the last writer can make stops in other promotions. Maybe. Anything is possible. Never say never. Trust me. I learned that the hard way this year. Hmm? Yeah. I mean, there's so much to look forward to. And especially, I mean, Kind of going back to what you're going to be doing now, like, what do you think is going to be your uh, future for the next couple months, like, as you transition into your full-time coverage? You know what? I'm just, I don't even know what my goals are now. I've achieved this goal. This, I'm just honestly going to, just going to be working to see how far I can push myself and continue to evolve and make myself useful and elevate my skills in writing and hosting and all that and make it full time it's going to be a weird transition but I'm just I'm ready for it so I don't really have any next moves I just you know I'm just going to go with the flow I feel like I've achieved my main goal over the last two years and we're just we're just going to enjoy the ride I mean I'm so proud of you for like finally getting to like make good on your word to yourself for going full time so I mean would you have any advice for anyone that's like really trying to like fight to make something that they are dreaming about their career now that you can honestly say that you're going to be doing so I feel like there's like a multiple things obviously like networking is important that is a huge reason why I got a lot of the opportunities that I did or I was able to be given a platform in order to show myself but also like making yourself multifaceted too is one like like I said you can do one thing but if you're gonna if you you don't have to be multifaceted per se, but make yourself known for something. If you're really into writing, make sure that your writing is your work and that you have good work and you build a good reputation for that. But also being open to trying multiple things, whether it's like writing or commentary or hosting or, you know, transcribing, editing, backstage interviewing, just make being, op being open to that and also connecting with people, I think, too, is a, another big reason where I'm at right now. No, definitely, too. I mean, you definitely have done a lot of great things over the last year and a half. I have no doubt that 2023 is going to be your year, as it should be. And then I know we were originally going to try to do a Q&A. Uh, the Q&A really only had one Q. Thank you, Michael. But, <laughs> but screw it. We're going to answer the Q right now. So, Magic Impact, our dearly beloved. Uh, this is actually very relevant. So, he asks, how did you get yourself out of the mindset of anxiety around public speaking? Um, I haven't. <laughs> I still get on like certain media calls or like in front of people. I feel like it's so much easier if it's like one-on-one -on -one or I know the people. I still get like public speaking anxiety. Trust me. I still, I haven't gotten past it, Michael, to be completely honest with you. Like I still feel like my chest swells up and I'm still not over it. Like anybody who knows me, like I said, I literally put off my public speaking requirement to my last semester of college. So I don't think I've gotten over it. That's terrible to say as like an interviewer and stuff, but I feel like it's different. You know, I don't know. In front of mass crowds, I haven't really had that I really haven't had a position where I've been in front of like a mass crowd, like doing something. Well, not yet at least, but yeah. never say never. I mean, can you think about like, do you think it's easier when you have someone to bounce off of in the moment and it's not just yourself? 
maybe i don't know i've also done sh- I, I don't know maybe that's it but also like there's been times where i've been on media calls and i get super like when i get called on i feel like maybe because multiple people are listening to me and i get so anxious and i feel like my voice is shaking i don't know to be honest with you no and like you also want to make sure like what you have to say is going to be like yeah. one listen to fully mm-hmm. like actually like something that's worth taking note of mm-hmm. as well so like trying to make that one question matter the most yeah and then something that i just thought of right now like on the topic of just like the anxiety around like maybe public speaking or just like even being able to bounce off of someone any dream collaborations regarding a project or like dream guests that you would want to have uh for any of your projects yes one i've been manifesting since the very beginning of my podcast jamie hater <laughs> i've literally so even before she got signed to aw like jamie hater like i said versus Britt baker was the first indie match that i ever saw like as bad as that sounds, I did not watch indie wrestling until 2019, and it was Pro Wrestling Eve where they wrestled. On it's ironic now that they're working together in AEW, but I was just so captivated by Jamie, and I'm like was rooting for her basic before she even came over to the mainstay company here. Um, she's been one I've been really like manifesting. I doubt it'll happen, but she is one that I've literally been yearning for for over three years now. <laughs> I think the trick is to plan it for one week, but in reality, no, that's going to be the week after when she'll be able to. Too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is kind of like a rib of all the different AEW events you've yes, gone to. Yes, she's recently. been there to the one before or after, but she's never been on. She's been, she was at the one I was at, but she was in a backstage segment. I was like, are you kidding me? I still haven't even been able to see the girl wrestle live. <laughs> okay, uh, aside from competitors, anyone broadcast-wise that you would want to work with as far as dream collaboration? Mm. I've done a bunch of them. I've interviewed Renee. Um, I've obviously worked with Alyssa Marino, Sam and I have done stuff together, Samir and I have done stuff together, um, I'm trying to think right now, there, I've worked with a lot of them. I, mean, I can think of two of them that you met in Dallas that you haven't worked with. So, the first one I thought of was Alicia. I've... I've interviewed Alicia twice, oh. actually three times. Um, she's great. I interviewed Chris Van Fleet as well. Damn. Um, I've gotten those. Um, Gia Miller, maybe. Yeah, how have we not done Gia Miller? But like, so, you always bu- like casually bump into her over fashion. No, yeah. So shout out to Gia Miller. Literally, like we haven't formally met until yesterday but no she commented on dallas that i was wearing this black like studded jacket and she's walking by i was like she's like i like your jacket i'm like thank you and then yesterday i was wearing my mickey my mickey garb cowboy and she's like i like your outfit i'm like wait gia so gia one gia's one who wrestles and also does the backstage stuff I know, so which is crazy because i feel like she only yeah. does like the wrestling side of things for impact like for ipwf yeah even though she's been like yeah trained and wrestles yeah independently. Miller. Gia Miller would be a fantastic one. I feel like Kathy Kelly would oh be my gosh. an awesome one. Yeah, but that's pretty impossible. <laughs> I mean, right now it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, just for a little while. You never yeah. know. Yeah. But it's just like crazy because I remember seeing her on After Buzz mm-hmm. first really getting into wrestling, mm-hmm. like and seeing her have now a second run with WWE is going to be phenomenal. And the um, unofficial member of the Undisputed Era. Actually, there's there's only two of them left in WWE, her and Roderick Strong. So, Kathy Kelly and Roderick Strong teaming up. Book it. Yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to think of like anyone that I can think of that I, could, I think you would have a good conversation with as far as like broadcasters, too. I feel like 
Beth Phoenix would be interesting. Obviously, like she's not doing commentary right now, but I mean, you would Hometown have girl. so much to talk to her about. Edge. We could talk about Edge. You could talk about Kanisha's College. Yeah. Where I went, shout out to Kanisha's College. As I'm wearing a Buff State hoodie, go Bengals. Um, <laughs> I'm not a shell for my alma mater. I'm really not. Shout out to Daniel Garcia. <laughs> Ring of Honor Pure Champion, yeah. former classmate. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, Charlie Caruso would be fun to talk to. I feel like she now won. that she's like going flat, like she's fully mm -hmm. back in ESPN seeing the stuff that Lexi she's doing. Lexi Nair there. from AEW. God, there's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I feel like Dasha would be fun to talk to. Yeah. Like, especially, like, because she's done commentary. She's done ring announcing. She's done backstage. She's wrestled. Like, man, there's a lot of cool Vicky women. Vicky Guerrero has her own podcast. Vicky Guerrero would be an interesting one, too. I mean, just someone that's been in the industry for yeah. so long, especially, like, being such a hated, like, hated heel with everything that she's done, regardless <laughs> of who she's with. Yeah. I, like, that's talent. Yeah. So... But yeah, this has been a nice little catch-up episode. Like, this is probably the most wrestling episode that I will ever make of the show. So if this was not your cup of tea, I promise you there's other episodes you could look <laughs> back on. We talk about writing. We talk about uh, reacting on YouTube. We talk about Twitch live streaming and uh, charity and stuff like that. Like, there's probably going to be an episode that you will be very much interested mm -hmm. in if uh, this was not your cup of tea. So, and if it wasn't your cup of tea, you could always tweet at real. So. <laughs> True that. Yes. I mean, if this gets back to her, I don't know how because she has me blocked, but that is neither <laughs> here nor there. But, yeah, I mean, Ella, thank you so much for being on this episode with me. I am so proud of you. I'm excited for the things that are to come. And who knows, maybe a few months down the line, after we see your portfolio continue to build and just become oversized, we could have another catch up. I mean, mania. Los Angeles. I got peer pressured. I mean, I did. You never know. The show can make its uh, West Coast debut. We would make our West Coast debuts at WrestleMania. We would. That would be the furthest West I've never been on past Texas. Same. So, I mean, Ella J, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at It's Ella J. If you go to the link tree in my bio, it has most of my links to merch and all my websites that I work for and all of that. So I'm super excited. I mean, also has super followers enabled on Twitter. That's so right. for $5 a month, you can get some <laughs> exclusive content, whether it be like a bonus episode of her <laughs> podcast. Just kind of scoops from when she goes to different shows, getting some behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. that way, getting called the wrong name at Starbucks. Uh, my new name is Allie J in honor of Allie Kutch. <laughs> I mean, I pledge Or Buffalo's own Allie. <laughs> Wait, Buffalo had their own Allie. Yeah, I know. I just said by that. By way of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm the Buffalo, actual Buffalo native. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. I mean, obviously, like. You're doing so many different things. So I that know. link tree is more so out of necessity than it is just yeah, to consolidate. But yeah. I mean, obviously you guys are here at con with creation on Twitter. Let me know what you guys think of this episode. Let me know guests that you would want on this show. I would love to get <laughs> to talk to other people. Sabira is going to happen eventually. I already know. Like we've talked about this. She's expressed interest. Muscle man. Malcolm's expressed interest. Like Alex queen of the ring. Even people that are not in wrestling, <laughs> send them my way. I will talk to almost anyone in creation. Like 
Hell, I'm like nothing's really off the books. I like know. we've done Twitch, we've mm-hmm. done YouTube, we've done wrestling, we've done like business to business writing. Like, I mean, even just other freelance creatives. By all means, like even if it's something like OnlyFans and you want to talk about like that side and like becoming like your own everything when it comes to that kind of production, I would be interested. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, at Conwa Creation, at the Jose Can You See, my link tree also has uh, the video format of this podcast, the audio format. We are on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings. Share it. Uh, TikTok. Like, all that jazz, please. And also, who knows when you're going to see me on Twitch again. We just had four days in a row for the American Heart Association. Got myself a new do because of it, so... Yeah, thank you guys for being here. Let me know what you would like to see moving forward, and I will catch you all on the next episode down the line. So I'll see you when I see you.